0: Hello everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. I'm Bonnie and I talk to heroes about what excites them and we also talk about the mysteries of the universe. Remember Jody Wiley from episodes 70 and 71? She's the director of my most favorite movie of all time, The Source Family Documentary. I never imagined in a million years I would get to talk to the director of my favorite movie or speak to some of the actual source family members. It was amazing that I did and I got to talk to Icy's Aquarian. And now today, I bring you Wendy Baker. While I was doing research for Jody's interview, I read Wendy's book, My Name Was Mushroom. I highly recommend you read it too. It is an amazing story of her experience in the Source Family. I'll link that in the show notes um, for Wendy's book and the Source Family documentary and book. And I also wanted to let you know, Jodi just announced her new movie, Welcome, Space Brothers, which is premiering in L.A. October 8th. You better believe we're going to be there. You should be there, too. Um, I can link that below as well. Um, And now, please welcome to your head and heart, Wendy Baker.
1: Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you, Bonnie? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for coming here uh, and talking to me. I'm um, a huge fan of uh, Jodi Wiley and a huge fan of the uh, her movie and the book um, and the scrapbook. But uh I also read your book which I am a huge fan of and I oh, thank wanna... you. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um there's so many things about it that I think are it's just such a wonderful story and I don't think that many people coming from uh that type of background get to share their stories. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, it's so exciting also, but, uh, I guess, is it, if it's okay, if you, um, just for anyone that doesn't know exactly, do you mind, um, just sharing like a little bit about, uh, where you came from and how you got, uh, to meet, um, you know, those people in Hollywood and everything
1: else? <laughs> well, it's part of it is in my book, but, um, I grew up in West Hollywood, California, and. Um, I actually met Jim Baker through Bart Baker. Um, he was my boyfriend at the time. I was really young, just 12 years old and 13. And we were dating, and he introduced me to his dad, Jim Baker, and how he had just built that restaurant. And we used to go to the Source restaurant all the time and meet him for lunch, for dinner, and we went went on dates and things like that. So I knew him before. He became Father Father Yod or Yehoah, and that was how initially how I started. Um, that's really, you know, yes. exactly how I met him.
2: Yeah.
0: Was there um, a major to you difference, like energetically or uh, in any way from Jim Baker to Father Yod?
1: Or- oh, yeah. It was, he was completely different. Um, he was a father to Bart. Uh, he was a great, a great man, um, incredible present, very magnetic, very kind, very soft spoken, um, very different uh, than when he transformed into father and father Yod and Yehoah. Completely transformation, completely different.
0: That's so interesting to me, that aspect of it. I think people don't. Um... That's one part of it people don't really know and I think it's so interesting that there was a a huge for anyone that there when you go through an experience like this it's a it's a complete uh change um do you feel like you had
1: that as well going through this experience Oh yeah I mean what we went through um the stuff that the changes that we went through the challenges that we had
2: Yeah the the
1: discipline uh that we that we were taught it was a complete transformation. I, I would like to say that for everybody, everyone that was in the source family. Um, you walked in one person and you walked, you left a whole nother person.
2: Yeah. I mean, you
1: you couldn't help but escape, you know, the things that we experienced and that we did together as a family uh, was pretty intense and challenging.
2: Yeah. Do you, I think
0: something that Jody said that really struck me and I wonder what you think is that I feel like in the sixties and seventies, authority was so awful seeming, and you know, people had such a lack of trust of government. And feel like that's happening again. Do you think something like the family could exist today, or do you think it was just at that time that something
1: like that was possible? Well, you know, I can only give you my opinion. I I don't know if everyone (laughs) would agree with me, but I do not think we could have existed today. Okay. Uh, there's just so many reasons why um, one of them you know he would have been probably considered a pedophiler you know or um, yeah there was just too many things that went on that would not fly today right in my opinion um, also I think that today we it's a different world with technology and you know cell phones and computers and We didn't have any of that then at all. And it was the Vietnam movement where everybody was against the war and there was a lot of rebellion. There was a lot of drugs. Um, Even the grandparents were smoking pot. The parents were smoking pot. It was just such a different, a different time, you know, in my opinion altogether.
2: Yeah.
1: It was a fun time. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, cool. So yeah. So do you, I mean, it's the, your book is amazing. And I feel like there, I, I didn't take, um, sorry, my dog is snoring right next to me. Uh, that I didn't, <laughs> I didn't take like, um, you know, I mean, a- anyone looking at years of their life, there's ups and downs, but it didn't seem, it seemed like it was a beautiful experience, uh, overall for you. And I didn't, I didn't want, I is, do you feel positively or negatively more?
1: Well, I, I went through a lot of really heavy experiences. Um, maybe it's yeah. just the way I handled it that you felt that way, but it was really intense. I mean, yeah, the whole experience that I went through when I was um, eliminating and I got that boil, like I, yeah. almost, I almost died. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, that's not normal. That's not a fun experience. No, I But actually- I took it that way.
0: Yeah, no, I, I specifically actually wanted to talk about that because I uh, experienced something similar to that, just doing it to myself, though, because um, during COVID, it was so hard to see doctors, and so I sort of figured out my own problem, and then I took the wrong medicine, and I was allergic to it, but can you talk about that? Because I think people always it's, you know, it's so extreme the way we, uh, try and heal ourselves, but can you talk, do you mind talking about what happened? Well, there? no, I
1: mean, I, I, wrote about it in the book, so yeah, i okay, completely sorry. open yes yeah, sorry. It. <laughs> I mean, for, for a long time, I didn't want to talk about it, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about it now because it feels like the right time, but, you know, basically yeah. that whole experience was so heavy and I don't think anybody else in the family experienced. Um, that at all? We all had a different experience. Mine was so different than everybody else's. Like nothing easy about it. But basically, I fasted like everybody else on uh, the Yothevahy diet, which is we called another word for it was the Rainbow Diet. It was a pretty strict diet. But then when I was done with that, um, at the time Father Yod said, "You know, you still have more things to eliminate." So now I want to put you on a grape juice fast. So I'm like, I'm like, I think I'm 15, maybe 14, 15 at the time. So I did the grape juice fast for 30 days and I developed a boil under my arm. And he said that I need to go through the process of letting this boil grow. So here I am so young And totally trusting him because I really did completely trust him. And it grew so big. And then when it got to the point where it was ready, you know, for a naturopathic healing, which is, was pretty intense. I mean, I, I had fever. I, you know, I was, it was infected. I, I couldn't do anything. I was in bed. I had actually at that time, Makushla. And Soma and Amber took care of me. Um, And somehow I made it to the source restaurant and made it up the ladder up to the second story into his bedroom, which was pretty much his sanctuary at that time. And I lied there and trusting everybody like, you know, Starman was there and Pythias and Damien and. Uh, Rob was there, Makushla, Jim Baker, your father at the time, and they had to hold me down. Mm. And then they had to take that hot water. Now, can you imagine, like, I don't think I could do that today. There's no way. But I trusted him so much that I lied there with my arm just lying out and letting him, you know, put that bottle, that hot bottle on it and then all of these poisons just pouring out of me and i can see them and i was i was in like in another another world i was i think i saw stars i was i did smoke a little bit of um we called it herb at the time but it's marijuana to calm me down and it did and and i just trusted him and i let him do that and i believe that that was the beginning of my rebirth i believe at that point i was able to get rid of all the poisons in my body, all the toxins, because my childhood was not good. Yeah. You know, I grew up on TV dinners. Um, there was no nutritional education in my family. Uh, we ate very poorly. I was, I really did. I ate terrible. So he, he yeah. said that that was all that those poisons coming out of my body. And I, at that moment, from, from that moment on, I felt like a new person. I was different.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. And the fever went away quickly after like
1: the fever went away, like immediately. And the hole was like probably this big. Oh
0: my goodness. And it
1: closed up to like this immediately. Oh my God. And I was like, I was able to, I could have run a marathon.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah. I was like, Okay, like I'm all better. I feel amazing. Yeah. And it healed. And do you
0: I think that that's so cool. I again, I I had a fever for like uh about 8 months that had a miraculous oh. healing too, but not from changing diet at all, but uh from um plant medicine to be honest. It just it was stored emotions, but uh oh, wow. I wonder um his I mean, I guess what's so interesting is that uh, the whole nutrition aspect, you had come from like, a not not great home environment with no nutrition, as you're saying. And was that like that just totally, what did that even mean to you You know, these people eating this like fancy food that
1: can you talk about that? Well, the food was, um, I resonated with the diet, I always was a vegetarian, even as a child. Okay. So to me, the food was beautiful nutritious, healthy. It felt right. Yeah. Um, we, you know, mastered, you know, preparing meals. Yeah. They were, you know, colorful, they were organic, you know, they were balanced. Um, the food, the food, especially I, you know, the mother house was the, was the most of the time that I was there. That was the best time in my life there. I think that was the, the, the best of the source family. Yeah. We had, you know, lots of food, lots of availability, creativity and the restaurant. I'm, it was incredible, you know, and everybody got to have food from the restaurant. So, yeah, the food that's, was great.
0: Yeah, no, that's so cool. I just think uh, I guess now it's oh, my God, you know, however many years later and nutrition still isn't uh important topic Uh I mean, it's important, but it isn't something that's like um, part of American education. It's not even in medical school. Nutrition isn't like actual nutrition and uh, healing yourself through food is still 40, 50, whatever years later, not, you know, even normal. And it's starting to be a little bit where there's like you can get vegan and vegetarian food all over at McDonald's, but still it's the actual (laughs) healthy food is still not uh, a wide or well-known thing. I, I, you know, I, most people don't know. So I think it's so cool that you guys were doing it all the way back then. And uh, are you still a vegetarian?
1: No, I'm not. I'm not a vegetarian anymore. Um, I, but I don't eat meat. I don't eat red meat. Yeah. But I do, I do. I would say a high percentage of my diet is vegetarian. Yeah. But I also add protein to my diet so that's
0: cool yeah no just curious yeah yeah And I guess uh you said something super or that I I really want to ask you about is um you said that this is the right time uh to tell this story um and I I guess I want to talk to you about that do you feel like for you you to get it out of you um to process it to heal or what what do you mean by
1: this is the right time to tell the story Well, I, I think originally I wrote it just for my children because I wanted them to know what I had been through and I thought it would be wonderful for them to have that legacy.
2: But then
1: it turned into like, you know, it was very healing for me. It became a a spiritual experience and I got, I really got into it and I felt more, I used to be ashamed and embarrassed about what I had been through in my world today, but now I feel proud and I feel good about it. And I think it made me a better person. Um, you know, I learned so many beautiful things. I took the beauty out of it. I mean, I know some people are still living like they're in the source family. I am not one of them. Um, I don't practice everything, you know, that, that we were taught, but I incorporate the things that I like. And I just feel, I just feel like I was, um, ready and yeah. okay with, I was okay with it. Yeah. I'm really sad to report um, that star man who's in the story, who was my yeah. man for five years. Yeah. He passed away on Monday.
2: Oh no, I'm yeah. so sorry.
1: And I, I have not talked to him in a long time. And mm. so I don't really know lots about him, but I of course learned a couple of things and He's found the out. father of your. He's the father of my oldest daughter, I'm who so was Stardust. Yeah. yeah, so it's it was it was hurtful, um, painful. Yeah. Um. I I processed it okay, but I was always worried how he would handle the story. But I did oh, find wow. out. I did find out that he read it and that he liked it, even though it didn't show him in the best light. It was truthful. And I could have said worse things. And I did. not Yeah. yeah. I really an, tried yeah. to keep it. I tried to keep it um, truthful and I didn't need to be telling everybody all the dirty stuff, you know, that right. happened. Okay. but anyways, he did pass away. He so died sad. suddenly um, of stage four lung cancer. Oh
2: my God.
1: And when he found out he had that, he only lived two more weeks. Wow. So my daughter lost, you know, her biological father. He did not raise her. He had nothing really to do with her. But he had another daughter, Lonnie Kai. Yeah. And, you know, she had a relationship with him. So it was sad.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. but Thank yeah, you. it uh you did a great job navigating that as well. I didn't uh for any breakup, you can it can get very ugly, uh, especially when you're young. I mean, I I horrible at breakups and you know before definitely not writing about them in public and you didn't say anything that I feel like was seemed unfair to anybody it seemed very uh,
1: yeah I worked hard on that that was good (laughs) job that was really important to me because I don't he's not a bad guy he's just not a great guy
2: yeah yeah it just didn't work out you know no totally but the
1: whole time I was in the source family he was my man pretty pretty much yeah Um, So.
0: and do you, you don't live in
1: Hawaii anymore? No, I live in Malibu, California. Oh, cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So you still... So the other side of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool.
0: Um, have you been back to Hawaii? Is that. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I yeah. go back every year. Oh. I see lots of my family members, my sisters and brothers, the ones, you know, that I vibe to. And cool. I'm I'm really close to Damien.
2: Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. To
1: several of them. I mean. There's several members of the source family that are my closest friends,
0: yeah, that's amazing that's so cool I mean I just i mean i'm I'm just like a huge fan of uh you know <laughs> just it's it's my favorite movie um and really yeah, yeah, it's my most favorite movie that's how I found jody is it's just when I feel uh when I used to feel like lonely or whatever I would just watch you know some people watch cartoons or they have whatever romantic comedy they like to watch when they're sad. I just, I watched that movie so many times when I felt really, really bad. Um, So it just never occurred to me that y'all are uh, real people, you know? It's just this wonderful movie of this beautiful stuff. But um, reading your book made me, you know, I think you didn't, it didn't give off uh, like a super negative thing, which I think would be totally fair. Um, for anyone or you know like a over you know it wasn't it felt very real and very fair portrayal of um, many years of someone's life but I guess I'm curious is that like so you you uh, you met them when you were 12 and you kind of
1: mo- did you move there when you were like 14 well I ran away from home I think yeah. it was just it was like May in the month of May I was still 14, but yeah. I ran away from home and I turned 15 when I was in the family. I ran away from home and joined the source family. I actually was a part of it, but not living there yeah. from the very beginning, like yeah. day one. But I didn't actually leave home yet to be a part of it. I mean, we all got, have a number of when we joined, even though my number is 36, it really is number 5 do you right. know if that makes sense
2: yeah no, and you sure. know and
1: also the book you you have to understand too i wrote the book through the eyes of a youth yeah i wrote it through my eyes i had a different experience than anyone that was 18 and over they experienced it completely differently um i was young i was i was not aware of everything so it was really just my focus that age group does yeah. that make
0: sense? No, totally. It just uh, completely. And um, I think while age was different then to a certain degree, it's still you're still biologically pretty similar, you know, like a 14 year old is a 14 year old, a 15 year old is a 15 year old, um, whether or not that was thought of a little bit differently before uh, your prefrontal cortex, where you uh you know, make decisions and don't do impulsive stuff isn't grown yet. So you're, you're, you know, you're 14 or 15. I guess what I think is so striking is that you, you didn't really have a choice of staying at your house. That wasn't a good choice for you. So it seems like you had to go somewhere and, you know, for a kid, this is the most amazing magical place, whether or not that was exactly what it was, I can, I mean, I think that it, it makes perfect sense why you would do that and stay um, as long as you did, you know, Uh, I think it's amazing. And I guess, um, yeah, it just, it makes perfect sense to me. I don't think it's, (laughs) I understand why, like, also, you know, like, um, yeah, I understand why it's your real life. And it might be, you know, it took a while to be sit in it and be proud of it. But I think it makes perfect sense. uh, And is
1: beautiful. I Um, know my at least I didn't, you know, fall into drugs. Yeah. And, you know, get into bad situations. I was in actually a very pure spiritual experience. I call it my spiritual high school.
0: Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, who knows what would have happened if you didn't have that um, but I guess uh, one thing I'm uh, super curious about and that you talk about it in the book, I, I wrote it down, but I forgot to bring that notebook here. But uh, okay. you talk about the um, there was like this process you had um, when it, some sort of meditation or I guess I'm curious what the meditation practice was like, but also you had like a
1: daily. Oh, the Mystic Road. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah can so you talk the, about that? The Mystic Road is a 12-week program. Um, it starts off 10 minutes a day for a week. And it's each week you add on more time. And it was, it was a really intense program. You had to be so disciplined to get through it because yeah. there was some unusual uh, exercises that we did, but I did it twice. And not many people even did it once. Yeah.
2: Um, it was not easy,
1: but you know, a good amount of us, you know, did the Mystic Road. In fact, it's really funny because, you know, my husband today is Bart Baker as well. You know, you've, oh cool. You know, we've been married forty-four years, oh, and he did the Mystic Road. <laughs> he did it two times. You know, it was his father yeah. that was the leader of the group, and he wanted. I told him it really taught me how to meditate how to get deep into my meditation right away how to breathe properly how to be able to transform pain into pleasure Um, there's just so much good about that exercise so he was like well I want to try that so he did it two times also which was kind of fascinating but yeah we all did it um, where we were supposed to. Did everybody do it? Not so sure.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> but I couldn't say who. Yeah. Um, but the ones that did it, you can tell. You know, they were yeah. just calmer. They just had a, a a really powerful sense about them.
0: Yeah. Is there a specific type of meditation that it is?
1: Well, the, each week it's different. Oh, okay. You, know, you have to just follow the program. Okay. I don't know if it's really something for the public.
2: Okay, the Mystic
1: Road, but, you know, anyone could probably find it if okay. they wanted to do it, but it's a good practice. It's a real, it's a Hatha yoga meditation and it stimulates your third eye and it stimulates the, the functioning of the body to get it in perfect balance. Oh, wow. So it's a very cool experience.
0: Yeah, that sounds super cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, can you sort of, I know you go through it in the book, but I think it's, um, I'd like people to hear it is the, the just daily, your, the, the daily thing, maybe even just from the mother house, but what the, what your daily kind of schedule was like, cause I think people don't realize how much work there is and you know how much <laughs> stuff people are doing in these, um, like commune type living situations. And I think, uh, it'd be
1: good for people to know. <laughs> yeah. I think we were different than most communes because we had a practice. Yeah. But basically we would get up every morning. Um, everybody was different anywhere between 3.30 a.m. to 4 a.m. And we would get up and do our exercises either in the pool or out of the pool, just depending on what you, know, you wanted to do. Uh, we always took a cold shower. And by the way, we had no hot showers for five years. That was, and I didn't know what I was missing until I took a hot shower. Yeah, but um, oh my god! So we would wake up, and and everybody would get their spots, you know, in the uh, meditation room, and get ready for the cl- for meditation class, and we would set up our spots, and we made this coffee that was amazing. I mean, I got <laughs> the coffee alone. You know, it was with um, hot half and half milk you know, a teaspoon of honey, and then you pour the organic fresh ground coffee into the mug and the mug was heated wow. with hot water. So like it, the whole, it was such yeah. an experience. That's and so then we cool. would all drink our coffee in the morning before meditation class. And then at four 30 on, you had to be on time because you can, you could not be late. And if you were late, I don't, like, I don't think anyone got reprimanded, but they'd get noticed. And it's <laughs> possible that father at the time would say something and embarrass them. I, and I mean, that's
0: like, the worst thing that could happen.
1: That was it's, probably the worst. I mean, yeah, he was the kind person. But I mean, anyways, just, yeah, like psychologically, like, you, you just knew you didn't, you were not on time. And you don't do that again. Yeah. (laughs) I was always there early, like with Starman, and sitting on our little spot anyways and get ready for meditation. And then he'd walk in with his entourage. You know, at that time (laughs) he just had, um, as his woman.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, he didn't. And then later on he got another two women. (laughs) So then they would always walk in together.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and he would start his, I call it a sermon.
2: Yeah.
1: And he would just lead us through a meditation. And that we would be passing around the herb, and you're supposed to take one hit, maybe two. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But that would get you into a place to go into a deep meditation. Then we would be doing breathing exercises and meditating. And we probably did that for a good forty-five minutes. Wow. And that's just a guesstimation. So I don't want anyone yeah. to get mad at me for no, saying it wrong. I
0: don't- people are only gonna listen that want to hear this trust me <laughs> right right
1: and then then after the sermon and we were all finished with our exercises um then he would just talk smack really <laughs> just talk yeah. about he talked about him when his life was in the war you know he's a decorated war hero he was in the marines and he had uh he had purple hearts. He, he, he was just about to get the Congressional Medal of Honor. He was pretty amazing guy. You yeah. talk about his times with his wife, Elaine Baker. You talk about his sons, which one of them was Bart Baker. And, you know, his life with them and what, he's, what he learned, what brought him to where he is now. Sometimes he would talk about silly things like <laughs> a toilet paper, how you wipe yourself like just <laughs> off the wall stuff and we would just laugh and just have so much fun. And it was just such, such a fun thing to do. Yeah. And then after after that, we would all basically clean up our spaces um, and everybody would s- disperse and some people would go to work. Some people would clean, clean up areas. Everybody had a, a responsibility and a job. There was lots of love, lots of happiness. Uh, lots of positive yeah. stuff going on. Like we loved each other.
2: Yeah. No, for sure.
0: Um yeah. And I, I, for some reason I forgot, but what was his uh, parental situation like when he was a kid?
1: So, you know, because I'm married to his actual oh, son, yeah. I get to learn a lot about that. In yeah. fact, my husband and I are, writing a, are starting to write a book about it.
0: Oh, yay! Uh, I'm yeah, so excited. story in <laughs>
1: the life of Jim Baker.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. That's great so news. <laughs> it's going to be,
1: yeah, it's going to be really cool. Um, so he grew up with his mother and father and they got a divorce in the Great Depression and he grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. I think he was born in Georgia, Okay. but they moved to um, Ohio. They got a divorce and the father, um, his sister went with the father and he went with his mother. Her name was Cora and she was a maid and okay. she was a housekeeper. Um, and she just basically took him everywhere with her when she did her jobs. And she was a very strong woman and a very, from what I understand from him, a very loving mm. and, and nurturing mother. She yeah. was like six, two. He was Whoa. Six, five and a half. Whoa. The dad was really tall too. And the sister, she was, um, also really tall so they come from a tall family (laughs) so his upbringing was a lot in the great depression and um he had a lot of stories about being a newsie he had stories about surviving you know trying to get a job in the great depression was very difficult
2: yeah he had
1: stories about that um he and then he ended up enrolled into the marines um, he may have been drafted or he enrolled. I'm going to guess he enrolled, you okay. know, volunteer, <laughs> yeah. because that's the kind of guy he was. Yeah. And he had an incredible experience there. He taught uh, jiu-jitsu to all the um, soldiers or Marines, and he actually just became famous just with his um, talent in jiu-jitsu. He had a second-degree black belt. And he's always had a problem with not being faithful to one woman.
2: Okay.
1: He has many children. Um, I know three of them. Okay. And, that, well, actually, and then I know the three that are in the source family. I know all, just about all of his kids except for one. His yeah. first one that he had, he got married at the age of 18 to the general's daughter. Whoa. And they had a daughter. <laughs> Okay. and um, I'm trying to remember what her name was. It might've been Katie. I can't remember. I have it written down somewhere.
2: Yeah.
1: But he did not have a relationship with her because the the general scared him away. Wow. They ended the relationship, okay. and he never had a relationship with his daughter.
0: Yeah. That's, well, it's so interesting. What, what, I mean, I don't want you to have to speak for your husband, but uh what how does he feel after all this time about the whole thing
1: he thinks it's far out
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. you speak so um po- positively of of him and i think that that's so cool um and i guess i'm just curious yeah what his son thinks but well, yeah. i
1: think i think that he was hurt for a while because When the family picked up from the source restaurant in LA and we all moved to Hawaii, I think he was really hurt because he, his father basically wanted him to join and he was not able to, his mother wouldn't let him. So he stopped having a relationship with his father. Um, I know his father loved him dearly. He talked about him all the time.
2: Yeah. And
1: I know he tried to connect with his father, but there were some roadblocks. Um, I think he, he had some anger about that.
2: Yeah. And then, his
1: fa- then he knew that his father was dying and he tried to talk to him and they wouldn't let him talk to him. Um, yeah. That was kind of sad, that part too. So he has yeah. a lot of anger about some of those women that wouldn't let him communicate. Yeah. Um, but I think he's been able to put it into perspective over the years. I think I've helped him. Yeah, that's to not amazing. blame. Yeah, to not blame them because they were doing what they were taught. And his dad was in a lot of pain after his hang gliding accident. And when you're in pain like that, I think it's difficult to talk to anybody.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and maybe I don't think anyone thought he was going to die. Yeah. And so he he worked through it, and I think he um, he's put everything into a better perspective. I helped him through that. And I think he has a a better attitude about everything, yeah, but it was hard it was really hard it it sounds like an
0: maybe the hardest <laughs> you know type of thing to overcome, but it's amazing that he has and you've helped him um I guess um wow that's uh, how long have or not how long I guess you've been you said forty four years, but when did you get together with him
1: uh well, as soon as I left the source family, I was with another man, Sir Knight, was his given name. His real name is Peter.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
1: I actually was with him for probably about six months. He helped me to leave the family. Um, it, was, it was hard for me to leave because it was all I knew, yeah. and, but I wanted to leave. And, that, and, it, and it dispersed anyways. People were leaving. It was dispersing. Yeah. So I lived with Peter for six months. And then um, came back to L.A., moved in, believe it or not, with my mom, because I really okay. I had nowhere else to go. That's and
2: fair.
1: yeah, <laughs> but it worked out. It worked out. She was we worked through a lot of things. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We became oh. best friends. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, oh. yeah. I've, I've told if you read the last chapter. Yeah. I totally forgave her. She forgave me. But we never talked about what I went through.
2: Oh,
1: okay. She okay. doesn't even know what I went through. It was okay. like a no talk. Um, I'm, I was on a date with one of the Soros family members, Pythias. And he said, where do you want to go for dinner? And I said, oh, let's go to the Aware Inn. I love their food. And that was Elaine Baker's restaurant. And I walk in the front door and my husband, Bart, was the host or the maitre d'. Yeah, And I walked in the front door and I'm like, something's wrong with me because my knees are about to give out.
2: Oh, wow. Like
1: I was <laughs> still like had feelings for him after all these years, but I didn't so understand cute. what I was going through. I was, I think I was 19 at the time. Yeah. And I don't know. We, so he saw me and he apparently said he felt the same way. Aww. And he sat us down at a table, my date and I, Pythia's. And basically he sat with us for almost three hours. Wow. <laughs> and we talked nonstop. And my date was just sitting there. Just like, <laughs> you know, like he had there was not he could interrupt. And yeah. That was the beginning of our relationship.
2: Yeah. That but moment. So, yeah,
0: that's so cool. So, but yeah. you guys knew each other, you yeah. went out before.
1: Right. That's so but, cool. But between the time period. I was in the Source family, and he was living at home with his mom going through the normal. That's so interesting. Yeah. So there's
0: so much that you, I guess, uh, he could get caught up on from you. Um,
1: oh, and... I was able to tell him a lot of things that happened in the Source family that he missed. Yeah. You know, with his dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that but was kind of cool.
0: Yeah. And you didn't have probably... I mean, and he understood where you were coming from in a way probably no one else could. That's so cool.
1: I think that's why our relationship works, because I'm not so sure just any man could handle me and like understand me. How would I even tell them what I've been through? And, you know, like, I don't know. He he get, he gets me. Yeah. And he's OK with it. And that's that's important to me
0: that's incredible. And I guess yeah, I had I just didn't know really uh what what kind of vibe there was going to be as far as uh you know what was in the book versus how you feel. You know, it it is also um edited and I guess I'm I'm just really happy um at how you know at that you you feel happy and positive that, though it was hard. Uh there's so much positive in it and I guess that that's that's just really cool. Um, I was a little worried about that because you know. Or no, just... I
1: mean, I turned out okay. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a happy person. I'm yeah. Very much in love. I have a, a wonderful life. I'm successful. Um, yeah. Did you? You know, I'm, I fit into society. I'm not still, you know, into that whole thing. Um, you know, but I have an understanding about it. But I've moved on. I've evolved, yeah. and I'm not stuck in that. And that place. Not too many people, I think, in the source family are, but some are. It's interesting that they just, they chose to, you know, live in the memory of that five years.
0: Right. Yeah. That's so, that's like the same as people. I mean, that's just about the same amount of time as like high school. It'd be like just
1: Mm -hmm. living in
0: some, any five years. Oh, I just do what I did in college. It's, it is
1: not. Yeah. It's pretty
0: strange, but, uh, and did you, I'm just, uh, have you done like any sort of therapy or anything, or do you feel like all of your development just happened
1: from experience? Well, I, I did do therapy, um, because I was a young mother Okay, and I really didn't know how to be a mom. Yeah. So I went into um I took a 2-year training course uh from a psychologist named Demi Moore and no, Demi Delizer. I'm sorry. I was like, wow. It was Demi Delizer. <laughs> yeah. And she wrote a book <laughs> called Step and okay. it's basically different steps of how to be a good parent. I had to learn seriously how to be a good parent because I I really didn't I didn't have a good parent. Yeah. I can't say the people in the source family were my role models because they weren't. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I really wanted to raise my, you know, my children in the best way possible. And I had bad, you know, examples. So So, I went in a training course with a therapist for two, two years. That's so cool. I think everyone should, you know. Oh, I agree because (laughs) let me tell you, did I learn? I learned so much that, yeah. And then I was able to have three children yeah and you know and and raise a healthy family and stay sane and yeah okay and you know my children are amazing they're
2: yeah they're all wonderful
0: um yeah and but it seems like when you were in the family you you were really like uh taking care of kids and that was like a big part of what like how long were you in it before you had a kid
1: Probably um, a year and a half. Okay. I was called the a nursing mother. Okay, yeah. That they put the nursing mothers in a category. Yeah. And I was a nursing mother for a really long time. Yeah, it <laughs> seems like it. Yeah. And yeah. it was interesting. We didn't get to be a part of absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, still, we we were a part. Um, yeah. But it was definitely a different experience than the single woman that had no children. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: was That's cool. So, and I guess also, I know you said that you um, wrote the, or began to write it uh, for your kids, which is so cool. Like, uh, also, I think everyone should do that, but uh, how did you actually, I like to ask people how they actually did the, you know, physical work of writing the book. Like, did you have a, okay. uh oh, the dog is,
1: that's okay. Bye. Oh, how cute! Oh, yeah, is that this a is Tommy? Is that a doodle? No, what it is, is. Yeah, it's a multi multi. A multi do, A multi poo. Yeah. I have a, I have a labradoodle. Oh, I love those. Oh, and, and I like your background. So, because my
0: background is my closet. i'm um, in my closet (laughs) it's a really nice closet
1: (laughs) i would hang out in there too it was a birthday gift for my husband oh
0: it's amazing but i wish i could
1: block out all the clothes it's so funny but it's quiet in here um because my two dogs are in the other room and they would be jumping up and all over the place yeah well anyways um so writing the books i i hired a co-writer um I'm not a, I'm not like a professional writer. I wanted to make sure that the book got written well. Yeah. And you know, that it was a good enough book to go in bookstores. Yeah. And, and well enough for people to read and a good read. Oh, Cause I'm yeah. an avid av- av- reader myself. Oh, cool. So Yeah. So I really wanted it to be special. Yeah. So I hired him. His name is Brian Salon. Um, he's special, special guy. Yeah. And it took us about a year and a half to write it. Oh, that's not it, too long. I don't know. It took another six months to a year to edit it. <laughs> okay, and yeah. that, you know, the editing was really tough. And yeah, we um, yeah. And, you know, right now it's in the process of I have a movie director who wants to make a movie out of it.
0: Oh, cool. Congratulations. Yeah. That's but so it, exciting. But he
1: he is he has the option right now for a year and he's taking the book to make it a movie and he's looking for financing and he has a whole company, a whole production company. Wow! So basically we're in that process right now. It just yeah. started. So if somebody wants to make it into a movie, we're right there, ready
0: yeah. to That's do a, it. I mean, it, it's an incredible story. And also I just, like I said, like visually that time is just so amazing like I, mm-hmm. I please make the movie please write more <laughs> tons more books but um I guess just one thing did he have like a certain because uh schedule or did he have prompts for you or how did you like work well on no it?
1: I I actually started the process I wrote I wrote notes of my experience and I just started in a timeline and then, so I wrote lots of different, you know, journals about certain time periods. Yeah. So we would take a period of time and we would make it into a chapter. Okay. And so basically I wrote the book, um, but he just helped me put it all together. Yeah. And, and be able to, you know, write it properly. So that's, that's kind of how it all worked out. And I worked on it three, four days a week for a year and a half. Yeah. So it was a lot of work. I had to give up a lot.
2: Yeah,
0: totally. I mean, it's it's amazing. And I mean, books are not easy. And then you did the audio book.
1: Right, I did. Oh my God. So I also, I didn't want to, but my team, I have a team of people and they're like, no, you have to do the audio. It's better yeah. if the author does it. So I went in the studio. Now yeah. that took another five months.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask
0: because that's something I've been interested in. Uh, I like doing like voiceover stuff, but then I was like, Oh, it I probably... wish I hired you. <laughs> yeah, I <know. laughs> For your next book. But yeah, I, I feel like that must take forever. And it must yeah, be so because hard. Because I
1: kept making mistakes and I had to keep doing things over and over again. And I had to drive. I had to leave my house at 6.30 a.m. in the morning to get to the studio by 8. It was right. in yeah. yeah, And then... Oh in this room that's completely enclosed and i'm so not like that but yeah and sit there for hours and you know my co-writer came with me and you know basically (laughs) yeah that was hard work yeah i am not a voiceover (laughs) that's not my my career definitely
0: yeah well thank you for doing it though it's like yeah because i i found that's how i found it is i was just like uh gotten to a point where I could not watch the movie again it's <laughs> <And laughs> just like oh maybe I'll I'll you know for the time being uh and I was like oh I'll listen to the book and I went to see it and it wasn't there uh you can't they haven't done a uh audio version and then I fa- that's how I found your book it uh it came up and I was like oh what's this uh and it just oh, I mean yeah, it's cool. So it, it comes up. Uh but Did you yes. listen?
1: Did you Yeah, I listened audio? to it. Yeah. Was it
2: okay. <laughs> it was
0: amazing. I mean, I oh, okay. I I th- I just went through it in a few days.
1: Um Oh wow. Cuz it's yeah, like and 16 hours.
0: I know. <laughs> I mean, I loved it. I'm like I just um Yeah, so your I guess publicist reached out to me, which has never happened where I've actually read or heard or whatever. Um, the person that the publicist is telling me about. So I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I know this book already. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I guess you wouldn't know this, but uh, Death Valley Girls, this is Death Valley Girls podcast. Death Valley Girls is a band, and I'm in a band. Uh, no way! We're, yeah, we're a band, and I guess, like, I'm super – uh I believe that bands are sort of like, you know, spiritual communities are kind of like cults in a way where we have this sort of – um ethic and structure and all this stuff and then we go on the road we're leaving a week from today for like two and a half months uh yeah so these that's my interest in this is like i i feel like putting your body through difficult stuff to learn and grow and and sort of you know is just so fascinating to me and is i guess also what we do so that's just i forgot that you probably wouldn't know that no Uh,
1: i didn't know what you What are you one of the band? Do you play the play in the band? Yeah. Yeah. What do you play? What instrument? I
0: I play guitar and organ and sing, but. And you
1: sing too. Wow. Yeah,
0: And it's, it's just weird. It's like, I can, I'll send you the record um, after this, but yeah, it's just, there's so many um, parallels to a lot of the stuff that I, I'm finding out that um, was part of what you all sort of like, Practiced and believed in, and like our new record, which to me, we just channeled it from our future self, like to just in this way of like, uh, basically, really quickly is that, um, uh, I, I realized that if I knew who I was in my past life, I could like listen to the record, or if you had been a writer in your past life, you could read your book you wrote. But I was like, oh, I can write a record now for my future self. Uh, so we, <laughs> that's what our new record is about. Um, and so, yeah, it's just it's oh, I'm learning a lot about all this stuff and it's all kind of coming together.
1: And that's uh, so cool. You know, music was really big in the family. Yeah. Um. In fact, um. Robin. Well, her name was all um, in the family and everybody called her mother. Yeah. She was married to Jim Baker. Yeah. You know, she just passed away. Oh, no. Yeah. Like two weeks that. ago. <gasps> oh. Yeah. No. So well- Robin passed away um, also and Starman. Within weeks of each other. Oh, no. Um, and her music was amazing. Oh, really? my God. She was so good.
2: Yeah. But
1: what's interesting, what you were just talking about, is that my daughter, who is Jim Baker's granddaughter, her yeah. name is Amber Baker, and she's a medium. Wow. No and way. She de- no, I'm not kidding. She channels. I would love and to talk to her. Yeah. She's, she has her own podcast. Oh, cool. And her name what's is Mal- Malibu Medium. Amazing. And her name's Amber Baker, okay. and she is teaching a class right now um, to people on how to tap into their um, channeling abilities.
0: Oh, that's amazing! Our drummer is uh, like a medium without even meaning to, and she wants to take a class. So I'm gonna. Well, she, I'm
1: gonna set she's she's sign- people are signing up right now. She's um, world known. Amazing. She has clients all over the world. She's amazing. Um, I can tell you. And I think she got the gift from her grandfather because he was also a channeler of the Akashic records.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think she picked up that gift. She's had it her whole life. That's so cool. So she's, uh, she does a lot. She's booked up all the way. I know till May for, to do channeling, but this class is starting next week. Um, And it's something that, you know, that you might be interested in because you just, Expressed to me. Yeah. You know, I, that you do channeling.
0: Yeah. That's how we write. I'm curious though about the Akashic records. Is that what she and, and Jim Baker or whatever? So not- Jim
1: Baker, um, was always tapped into the Akashic records, which I'm going to explain it the best way that I can. Cause I, am not like a complete understanding, but it's basically, it's a council of, let's say guardian angels on the other side that guide you and you, and some people have the gift that they can tap into them he had that gift and he was constantly channeling things um in his sermons to us of uh, things that he saw and he and he knew that was gonna happen like he did predict that in september 2001 that something big was going to happen in the world
2: yeah
1: what happened 9-11. Yeah. So he predicted that. Yeah. He does. They don't tell you exactly what was going to happen, but there was something, and it did. Um, he also predicted many, many other things. That and, uh, the list is too long. Yeah. But it's a gift um, that some people have, and my daughter has it, and that's what she does for a living. She's a channeler, wow. and she's that's a medium, cool. and she's she can basically she can communicate to the other side. So. If somebody has lost someone in their life, she can do a session with them and she can tap into that person that's on the other side.
0: That's incredible. That's yeah. wow. That's it's so a gift. Cool. It, yeah. yeah, it is. I, I mean, it's uh, maybe not that easy <laughs> until you figure out what's happening, but that's so right. cool. It um, took her
1: a while to be okay with it. Yeah. She didn't want, you know, they kept connecting with her. She yeah. didn't want to connect with them but she finally gave up and said, okay, fine. Uh, let me, let me figure this all out. Let me do uh, this. And that's what that's she did.
0: So, that's so interesting. What age was she when she
1: just she's decided? She was in her thirties. Oh, now okay. she's 44.
0: Wow. Oh, wow. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. And she's sought after by other mediums. She's so good.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, well, this is so interesting and so cool. <laughs> and so, um, and your, is your book out right now?
1: My book is out. It's been out. It's okay. Here, here's my book. So cool. It's been, this is the hardback. Um, It's been out since July of 2022. Okay. So everyone can get it. Yeah. Everyone get my book on Amazon. It's in a lot of stores too. Cool. Um, they could, if they go to any Barnes and Noble and if they're out of it, they can ask for it. They'll order it or you could get it on Amazon quickly. I think quickly. So that's, yeah. Easy, yeah. easy to get. The, and it comes in hardback, paperback, Audible and Kindle. Yeah.
0: I'll put that link below um, or I'll put it in the show notes. Um, okay. But wow. Thank you so much for coming here and talking to me. I, I really had fun and i just feel like, yeah, really lucky um, to have that. Yeah. Yeah. That you wrote the book, and thank uh, you, thank you so much. Is there anything else you would like to tell everyone, or any parting words? Um,
1: I would like to just say that I, everything worked out. I'm okay, <laughs> <laughs> and that um, it was a five year time in my life, and I'm a different person today. Um, and that it's just it's a memoir of that time period, and I just want them to enjoy it and appreciate it for what I went through.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I think it will
1: help a lot of people. Well, thank you for thank you for interviewing me. Nice to meet you too. Yeah.
0: Nice to meet you. Thank you. I'll see you later. Okay.
1: Bye. Bye.